When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode contains language and content of an explicit nature. Listener discretion is advised. Before a song is released, a record is produced, or a chorus is written, the musicians that write them think a lot. They live a lot, and they feel a lot. Before the chorus dives into the stories and experiences that shape these artists, and ultimately, the music we hear. I'm your host, Sophia Lopercaro, and this episode's guest is The Big Moon. The Big Moon are a four-piece indie rock group from London, England. On their latest album, Here Is Everything, frontwoman Jules Jackson unpacks the highs and lows of first-time motherhood. She details expectations versus realities, the double isolation of infant rearing and COVID lockdowns, all the way to the euphoria of loving your child. The opening song really does set the tone for the record with two lines and you know it's kind of that first like discovery of like oh I am having a kid and just kind of how much that kind of alters your life. Yeah I mean it's a shocking moment whether you've planned for it or not because it's like the moment that you can't really change your mind, (laughs) Um, can't really turn back and um yeah i like when i write songs i'm generally writing to process something um because i sometimes find it difficult to express myself when i'm just talking or like you know when you're kind of just walking around with all of these thoughts in your head and you feel crazy and you need to sort of explain them (laughs) so um yeah, when I found out I was pregnant, it's just like I think I spent the whole day just walking around in a kind of daze. I went I went to buy a Wi-Fi router, <laughs> but it was like miles away. But I walked there and I walked back because I just wanted to like waste time and like try and empty my brain. Anyway, I wrote this song like the next day. Yeah, it's funny. I love that that you were doing something as normal as buying a Wi-Fi router because there's that line in the song where you're saying nothing's changed but nothing feels the same. It's this like idea of like everything else around you is like the external world is normal but your internal world has just been completely changed and I'm sure that's like a weird disconnect to experience when when you go through a personal change. Yeah, for sure. It's so weird because it's just like you know, you're just like in the toilet and you've just weed on a stick and then the lines come up and then you're you're still in the same toilet and you're holding the same stick and it's just, you know, everything is the same, but nothing's the same. <laughs> it's very hard to like describe that feeling. Yeah. Yeah, I, w- I won't pretend to to be able to help you describe it only because I, I'm not a mom myself but I can only imagine like 
again, just, I mean, to be fair, whenever you have something alter your life, it's always going to be kind of crazy. Um, also, this is a bit random, but as we start to move through the rest of the record, I noticed that, I mean, obviously two lines is about finding out and kind of that first like experience of pregnancy, but a lot of the rest of the record deals more with motherhood itself. And I know that you did write some of it before you had your son and some of it after, but just, I guess, out of curiosity, like, what made you want to center more on, on again, the experience of motherhood rather than, like, the experience of pregnancy? Um, I think, basically, I just was pregnant and wrote songs about that, and then I was a mother, and then... I wouldn't have written any more songs about pregnancy at that point. Like I, I was very, I was writing in the present tense, um, and writing about my experience as I was going through the experience. So yeah, like there's a bunch of songs I even wrote before I was pregnant. Um, and then, yeah, it's sort of split into three. There's like a third of the album is kind of during lockdown and time that I was thinking about trying for a baby <laughs> and then another third of the album is while I was pregnant and the other third was written much later when I was about six months into being a mother. I guess with that with Wide Eyes which is the next song on the record where in the I guess those three sections does that one fall? Wide Eyes was was actually the first one I wrote as a, as a mother so like I'd been through the whole roller coaster of birth and then the big hormonal crash explosion that comes after that, which is really intense. Um, and I'd been through the process of like all of my world just kind of exploding and all of my stuff being everywhere and all over the floor and my life being a mess and then I was sort of at the point of starting to gradually pick it all up again and remember who I was um so when I wrote that song I was actually feeling pretty low before that because I'd been trying to write and I couldn't do it because I was just exhausted I was so tired because you know I just wasn't sleeping I was breastfeeding like there's not really any space to be a creative in that situation like but I also felt like I had so much that I needed to say or like get off my chest um so yeah wide eyes I wrote with Jessica Winter um mm -hmm. we wrote it together and meeting Jessica she was like she just made it all feel really easy and it was such a relief to work with someone and be able to get all of those feelings out because I felt amazing like I mean I felt horrible but I also felt like so in love with my baby and I just needed to like say that like the feeling was really big um so wide eyes kind of just became this really hormonal love song um and I always think it kind of sounds like that too like it sounds like it's kind of bubbling and just sort of intense like a like it's just buzzing you know <laughs> it does I mean it's it's euphoric and I think you know like as you've inferred motherhood has so many ups and downs it's not easy and it's not you know 
magical every second and I, I do feel like the record really acknowledges that like it's it's beautiful that it acknowledges the complexities of that experience but it's also nice to be able to like bask in that feeling of love and that feeling of joy whether it's from like you're saying like a hormonal experience or just straight up the love that you feel for your kid I think it's a beautiful thing to experience yeah also it's funny and I talked to um when I interviewed the Amazons a while ago this same kind of idea came up but it's fascinating how sometimes when you're writing a song that's very very personal um sometimes someone else can come in and help you kind of get that out it's like this really interesting dichotomy like sometimes it takes collaboration to get something ultra personal out the way that you want it to yeah it's such a weird thing I think sometimes songwriting can get really um stuck you can get really weighed down in your own like self-doubt and if you don't feel confident or if you don't have energy or even if you haven't slept well sometimes those kind of demons can get the better of you and the more that you sort of let that happen then the more it keeps happening and then you can just end up in this kind of hole where you're like oh I can't do it <laughs> so it's really nice to have someone else come in and be like hey oh what you're saying is actually interesting and I'm gonna help you record it <laughs> just someone to be like yes this is worth saying keep going you just need that energy in the room sometimes with wide eyes as well like I was not only finding it hard to express myself as a writer at that point um but I was also I think everything was just compounded by the fact I'd recently become a mum and had this whole new priority in my life so it's like a double whammy of that like self-doubt with the writing but also kind of coming into this weird new space where I had a whole new role in my life and in my family and in society where now I am a mum and just trying to work out who I am again yeah I don't know if I'm explaining it very well but no you it are just a really it was just an intense time <laughs> yeah it like it kind of fragments I mean your priorities your sense of identity it's yeah that's a lot to to try and process yeah but I think I I think I'm with that. I'm kind of finding what I was trying to say, which is actually it's a bit of a random question. But are you someone that like processes things more externally, like either by talking about them or obviously in songwriting or being able to have a soundboard? Um, I am definitely someone who I need to take things outside of my brain. Yeah, um, I usually do that just by writing long paragraphs of words. <laughs> um it's a bit like writing emails that you'll never send <laughs> like if I feel really angry about something then I need to sort of to and, and I want to like tell someone why I'm angry then I'll kind of write this pretend letter to them and be like wow all these things and that thing and this thing and that thing and then by the time I've done that I don't need to say those things anymore <laughs> yeah um I've definitely done that before. It's it's super helpful. And for the record, it's really I, helpful. Yeah, 
Yeah, it, it really, really is. Because I think sometimes, and I don't know if you experience this, but sometimes everything you can feel kind of jumbled in your brain and you just get a sense of clarity when it's right in front of you. Yeah, definitely. Like, thank God for language. <laughs> like, what would we, like, what did humans do before they had words? Make really <laughs> loud, frustrated Maybe noises? Maybe that's a big question for Aiden. <laughs> it's like People i just, have like, had grunted <laughs> grunted with passion yeah or like made um cave paintings you know maybe that's what cave paintings are they're like people who were feeling stressed about their like bulls so they drew them on the wall <laughs> there you go well we love that i guess on that note i'm gonna switch over to daydreaming which from from an outside perspective it feels similar to wide eyes and that there's this sort of sense of of joy and bliss but I'm curious to know like for you for one like where that fell in the songwriting process or like the order of things and also just for you what it's about yeah daydreaming is a bit of a weird one because while I was writing that song I thought it was about one thing and then I listened to it later and realized it was something else like I it's a song about being in love and it was more specifically about breastfeeding but this kind of really woozy cuddly warm fuzzy version of breastfeeding which is what I wanted breastfeeding to be like or what I was I guess trying to present it as like or something um but my experience of breastfeeding was actually awful and like one of the most difficult things I've ever had to do. Like I, I couldn't actually breastfeed. I ended up, I had to bottle feed. And then there's a lot of guilt that you have to deal with with that because you're constantly told that breast is best and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, I know, but I actually physically am not able to do that. So there was a whole thing for me with breastfeeding um, that lasted for a few months. And I think, yeah, when I wrote Daydreaming, I, I must have been like writing, yeah, my dream version of what breastfeeding should have been like or what I wished it was like rather than what it was actually like. A bit like trying to kind of rewrite my history or I don't know, I guess that's a way of processing an, an event or an emotion, isn't it? It's like turning it into something else do you yeah. know what I mean like sort of sugaring it a bit to try and feel better about it I I think that that does make a lot of sense and also I I know other people in my life who have gone through that similar thing where they've had issues with a breastfeeding or anything and it's so frustrating to like I mean I can only speak as an outside witness but to see the kind of pressure that gets put on moms to do things a certain way, even though, like, to your point, you're like, I'm doing everything that is in my control. And people are putting that extra pressure on you. And it's like, well, why? You know? It's, yeah, it's not right. Is, the pressure is insane. And also, it's just one of those things that you don't expect to be hard, I think, you expect pregnancy to be hard and birth to be hard and motherhood to be hard, but like you don't really learn that much about breastfeeding before you have to do it because you think it's just simple. Um, and for some people it is simple, but 
um, for so many people it's not and it's difficult in so many different ways and yeah there's a lot of pressure from outside to breastfeed um, exclusively but like you also put a lot of pressure on yourself um, and I think that's what I was doing because I would like see a nurse and they'd be like I'll oh, just give them a bottle they'll be fine and I was like oh but breast is best like I just had it in my head that that wasn't right but like you know formula milk is fine formula milk is amazing formula milk is the only reason my baby is alive like yeah I think um I don't know I learned a lot it's just difficult when you're in that state of mind when you're sleep deprived and kind of looking through the filter of all these hormones to really see what's best but yeah, I know so many people who struggled with breastfeeding and I was, I'm also, I'm so angry about it. There's like a whole industry that preys on mothers who are vulnerable and struggling with it. And I spent a lot of money and yeah, it just sort of, it drives me mad really. I mean, that's, that's fair. And I think that it's, it's great that we get to talk about it here because as you kind of suggested, it's not something that we you know are taught about as as either women or as anyone who wants to you know have a child and also getting to talk about it in the sphere as much as it sounds cheesy to say like getting to put this in music is is really cool and really welcome i i'm glad that we get to see that here yeah me too i'm glad on that note i'm gonna go on to this love which this one you know the other ones even if whether they're sugar-coated or not like kind of lived in this like more blissful space at least the last two this one I feel like carries a few more things at the same time at least like on the surface it feels even more nuanced like that opening line really hit me the I don't know how you can be back home and still be so homesick and my guess reading it and i i often like present this stuff in these interviews of like this is how i read it but i'm always curious to know like what it really meant was kind of that i read it as that sense of like like when you go back to your childhood home as an adult and you know yes it's a comforting place but it's not the same anymore because you're now an adult your life has changed um and so you're kind of less longing for a place more longing for a time yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. I know that feeling so well. It is, it is kind of like that. It, I wrote that song during lockdown, and I was staying in my partner's childhood home, and it was, we were staying in his like teenage bedroom that still had like posters of Kate Moss on the walls and stuff like that. Um, so I was in that space, but it was also something to do with like being at home but being homesick for normal life I guess um like during lockdown um and being I was with family I was with my partner everything was sort of okay but everything was also wrong yeah it definitely I mean I think that's kind of how it felt for a lot of us like even if you were safe like everything was kind of upside down and just felt a, a degree off yeah, definitely. 
like I'm sure everyone was feeling similar. Yeah, it was a weird time. It's always funny to now that we've kind of, I want to very loosely say made it out the other side because COVID still exists, but we're all kind of living normally now. But it still feels weird to reflect back on that time, um, especially yeah. the kind of height of lockdown. It's like, oh, yeah, that's actually a thing that happened and that we, we went through as a society. Yeah. It's so it is so weird because there's more there's a lot more distance from it now. But I still feel like we feel the effects of it. I mean, COVID is still traveling around the world. Everyone's still getting it all the time. People are still dying of it, but like also just the ripple effect from it is long. Um like I think it's taken me a really long time to uh be close to my friends again. And I've just start I've just noticed this recently, like I've finally because I also became a mum, like I had my baby the week that lockdown ended in the UK. So I kind of was went through this enforced kind of many months long winter lockdown and then started my own personal lockdown at home. So I just it was all kind of compounded. <laughs> um, and I've just noticed recently that I feel closer to my friends finally now, like, because I haven't been able to see them regularly enough to be able to catch up or to follow what's going on in their lives or to be able to say everything or like get past the small talk. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's there's gotta be so many things still lingering it was such a massive deal. Yeah. I will say, though, kind of going back to the song, one thing that I did really appreciate is even though it carries a lot of all of these things that you've touched on, it still feels like it recenters on love at the end of the day. Um, do you think that's fair to, to say about it? Yes, it's definitely a love song. It's a song about how everything in the world can be wrong but you can still feel you still have you know like the safety and and grounding of love in your life yeah. at the end of the day that sometimes that's what you need yeah it's <laughs> it's it's the anchor that keeps us sane um especially when all this weird stuff is happening yeah yeah and on that note, I'm going to continue to the next song, which is Sucker Punch. I kind of read it as the careful what you dream about song. Is that fair to put it like that? Be careful what you dream about. <laughs> yeah. It's like, you got it now. You got the thing. Like, there was that kind of, that line, like, finally you've been domesticated, which I thought was kind of funny. Yeah. It made me giggle. Yeah, yeah that's, that's another, like, lockdown song um, that I wrote at the point when me and my partner were just starting to talk about trying for a baby. Um, but yeah, also the song kind of just became really angry. Like I'm not angry. I wasn't angry about wanting to have a child. I wanted to do that. I was happy about that, but I don't know. There was something about considering a life of domestication and motherhood at the same time as, um, covid happening and i just felt so furious about that and like that year 2020 
our second album came out and we had so many plans that year and there were so many places like cool new countries we were going to go to and you know everyone cancelled all of their plans that year so I'm sure everyone would have had this feeling of like rage for like a future that didn't happen absolutely yeah on that note I have to admit the next song that I'm we're going to talk about which is my very best is probably one of my favorites I think it's just a sentiment that I really love um the I guess again the sentiment of the song reminds me a little bit I don't know if you've ever heard the song I'll Still Destroy You by The National I don't think I have no I think you would really like it because it's also a song about parenthood and it's similarly about the struggle of like you wanting to do the best that you can for your kids and like raise them well but also having to accept that you're a human being and you have your own flaws and then also the world outside is fucked and you don't want to see it make them jaded and you don't want to see them get hurt and you don't want to see them affected by just all of it um but at the end of the day you're just doing the best that you can yeah that's it in a nutshell yeah and and again i love that I, i mean I'll Still Destroy You is one of my favorite songs and I think that there's such a beauty in that sentiment of like again just doing the best you can with what you have yeah well just being honest as well like you know everyone has that moment in their lives when they realize you're you realize your parents aren't perfect or they aren't like always right um and I I just remember that being such a devastating realization like, I don't know how old I was. Maybe it's more of a gradual thing. But, yeah. like, I don't know. I don't know how to be a parent, and I don't know, you know, there's no rule book. But, like, I want to try and be honest. Yeah. <laughs> That's there's, all I really care about. There's no rule book, yet there's 50 different people giving you 50 different opinions about the right way to do it, and they will be very, very stubborn about their way of being a parent. And if you're not doing it their way, then you're wrong, and it's a whole thing. Yeah, my God, my Instagram algorithm is completely awash with toddler psychology right now. Oh, boy. (laughs) Yeah, it's so lame, but I do watch it, I have to say. (laughs) I mean, hey, I guess sometimes it can help as long as you kind of take it with a grain of salt and you, you know, trust your own instincts at the end of the day, you know? Yeah. It's it's good to take some external advice, but it doesn't have to be the final word, especially when people are being a dick about it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Also, there's a line in the song that I think is probably, again, one of my favorite lines from the record, which is, and I could tell you how love and sadness rhyme. Because, I mean, it's such a, it's a heavy thought, but it's so true, you know, and similar idea to, like, realizing your parents are not perfect. It's kind of just realizing that not everything is black and white and a lot of beautiful things come with heavy things, too. And yeah, it's I it's so I hate it so much that you have to have both, you know, like when you have love and you have this amazing thing, it also comes with pain because then you have something that you could lose um and so it becomes like something that you're also scared of 
Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but I guess that is just uh, how the universe balances out. You can't have only good stuff. Yeah, no, you can't. I think there's, I'm trying to remember which song has it, but I know there's another song on on this record that has a similar line about like being afraid to lose the people that you love or being afraid of, you know, how strong that feeling of love is because it can be tied with sadness and loss. There's but, a line in um there's a line in satellites that is you said that to truly love somebody you have to despise someone else. Which I might. guess is like a similar a similar idea. Yeah. Like it's just something one of my friends said to me, like I've got no idea why he was talking about this. <laughs> he was just like, Yeah, to truly feel love for someone, you have to truly feel hate for someone else to be able to have like a scale almost like that was how he that's like his rules of the world Ooh. yeah i feel like there's there is some truth in that though do you know you know like to really understand how wonderful something is you have to be able to compare it to something else yeah I could almost see it more in that, in like the, how would I say, like the way you view that other person in relation to that person you love. Like if someone that hurt the person that you love, I feel like your hate for them kind of grows because it's out of love for that other person, if that makes mm. any sense. You know, it's like, you hurt this person I care about, fuck you. Um, and that again that creates anger it's it, it's the two sides of the coin again yeah um yeah well on that note i'm gonna go to lady bay which is this one was one that i was a, not a little stumped on i was wondering if it's kind of more like the lost feeling of time in the pandemic or like the change from like pr like your life before being a mom to your life now being a mom or if it's like a combination of the two or or what it is this one I wrote, it was before I was pregnant, but it was, it's a really happy song. It's just basically, there were a few different lockdowns in the UK and I wrote this one when the first lockdown was lifted and it was like the summer and the cases were really low and I went out in my van and I went to the beach, to a beach called Lady Bay which is just like this tiny um, little muddy beach on the Bristol Channel. It's not like you can't swim there. Um, it's not beautiful, but it's like, but I just had the best day and yeah, felt um, just grateful for everything that I have in my life. So yeah, it's just a really happy song. Yeah, I guess there is that sort of, like, I don't know if innocence the right word, but, like, that line, like, and my hair was full of mud. Like, it just feels like, screw it, I'm just having a really lovely, beautiful day. And it's, you know what, it, it's a sense of release. That's what it is. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, stuff isn't perfect and my life is kind of a mess, but, like, today... I feel great. <laughs> yeah. That is the essence of that song. 
And sometimes that's enough. Yeah, sometimes that's enough. Like, yeah, I've lost a load of time. You know, I don't feel confident anymore. I don't know what my friends are doing. But like the sun is out and I feel warm and I can drive my van and I can see the sea. And actually that is enough sometimes. It's like having a break from your thoughts. Yeah. I feel like the verses of that song are like the inside of my head and then the chorus is like my actual outside physical experience. Yeah. Yeah, sometimes you need those experiences to your kind of to your point to ground you. And like you said, it's like literally take you out of your head even if it's just for a moment to be like I'm good, I'm here and for right now that's again, that's enough for right now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, going from there to trouble, this one's definitely a little bit heavier. Um, There's a a line on this that I really, really liked, which was, I don't need your praise. I need your president, presence, uh, compliments don't lift you off the floor. That one really, really hit me. Yeah, that was like, I wrote trouble a while into becoming a parent, but it was like, when I was reflecting back on my experience of the newborn days. Um, And like, I guess I once read this thing about memories and how like every time you remember something, you change it a little bit Um, and that you can't really trust your memories, even though they feel completely true and like you can visualize stuff and you know like you know it's true and real quite often it actually isn't <laughs> um because your brain just like replaces little details and i guess i when i wrote this song i was like ready to kind of think about the the time the early days of motherhood and that sort of difficult time and the the difficulties I had with breastfeeding and those kind of few months of darkness really and I was looking back on it and just starting to pick apart the memories and work out what was real and what wasn't um and I there's this bridge that I walked over to get to the hospital on the day that I gave birth it's like a the hospital's really near my house and I crossed over this railway bridge and it's just like a scummy London bridge pedestrian bridge with like graffiti all over it and it's like like painted like 12 different shades of green over the years and stuff but like in my memory it's like a a bridge over like a canyon and everything's like super technicolor and the plants are like jungle leaves and it's and it's just not like that (laughs) and I when I realized I was crossing this bridge one day and I just sort of looked at it and realized what it really was like. And I realized that my memory was doing something else with it. And I felt like I could kind of look back on my memories of that time and, and say, Hey, actually maybe what I'm carrying around as like a black cloud isn't actually that bad. And I don't need to keep remembering it all the time. And I don't need to like look back on it and relive it and believe it and process it completely. I can just let it go 
So, yeah, trouble. Oh, man, it's quite complicated, I guess. There's like, it's weird. Like, I feel like pop songs can be so wrapped up in so many millions of emotions, but only have like five words. <laughs> so, like, I feel like maybe if you listen to the song, it doesn't seem like it's about that much. But in my brain, it's like this giant um, hurdle that I jumped over um, in processing my new life as a mum and starting to feel okay about the birth of my child and how that went and that whole traumatic period of time. Yeah. Well, first of all, I think that the song does actually hold that really well um, and hold all of that weight. This is something I say a lot, but I think that the best pop songs are the ones who figure out or the ones that figure out how to say a lot of things with just like five words in a chorus, for example. And and to your credit, this one absolutely does that because I could feel that weight in the song. Oh, I'm glad. And I have met people who like, like Big Moon fans who've said, you know, this song has really helped me get over my traumatic birth experience or my PTSD. And I, there's, I do feel like there is a kind of magic in trouble that like every time I play it, I feel like I'm reframing my difficult memories again every single time. And it's like the sound of the song is so joyful. And so it's just, it's got so much like pop and warmth to it. Um, yeah, it, it, it just really works for me. It does. And I love how it's kind of become super meta in that it's now, you know, like you said, reframing the memories too. It's exactly what the chorus is saying, but now it's the song literally doing that. Yeah, it's become like a tool in my life. <laughs> I mean, I guess that's Insane. the beauty of, of songwriting is it helps us process. And it's it's cool how it can help you continue to process long after you wrote the song because as you perform it, as it goes into the hands of other people who take on or attach their own experiences to it, it it continues to hold that same power. Yeah, it's, it is amazing. And it's amazing how, like, you know, I am writing the song and I'm thinking I'm writing a song, but, like, so when I'm doing it, so much sort of lands in it that, I wasn't expecting like quite often yeah like with daydreaming I'll write a song about one thing and later realize it's about another thing and yeah I just don't I don't really know where that stuff comes from <laughs> it's our subconscious creeping out and just kind of adding little nuggets in before we can even clock that we've done it yeah yeah it's, it's like when you're making stuff up you can never really be making something up Oh, yeah. Everything comes from somewhere. somewhere. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. (laughs) It's kind of like how when we dream, it's every even if our dreams are very weird, it's usually some kind of like strange cocktail of various things that we've either experienced or or read or seen. And even if it's like, you know, like, why is this actor next to my childhood best friend? But it's like maybe you saw a film with that actor and you thought about your childhood best friend like the other day and. And now your subconscious is like, and here's all of it at the same time in this weird, (laughs) weird, 
splendor smoothie of whatever this is <laughs> you know yeah um I think going into the next song, this one follows quite well from Trouble because, I mean, the the title of it's pretty on the nose, high and low. Um, it feels like quite literally going through, well, the mental highs and the mental lows of of motherhood. I know you talk about, like, sleep deprivation on this song as well. It's, I'm, I mean, there's a lot of things being thrown at you in that experience, both, like, the love and the euphoria of having a child dealing with hormones, dealing with sleep deprivation and stress and kind of the way that all of those can kind of go like up and down and high and low. Yeah. Like I, I've never experienced anything as intense as the, the thing that happens with your hormones after you give birth. Like, I mean, it's like, I mean, oh man, how do I explain? (laughs) It's like everything makes you so happy like you can't really describe how happy you are but it also makes you absolutely devastated and you're like constantly crying with joy and crying with sadness or fear um and it's just such a wild ride and I think it's part of what makes you fall in love with your baby like I think it's a biological thing like you have to kind of lose your mind a little bit to um to look after and protect your child but the result of that is that you just feel um yeah like super highs and then massive lows and I've got this like voice note from that time that I recorded when my son was a week old where I'm just sort of like crying into my phone and saying oh I just love him so much but I can't believe I've brought him into the world (laughs) like there's so much love in the world and there's so much pain and I was just like feeling really dramatic and loopy um and I didn't write this song during that time because that would have been insane but like it was written Um, at a time later when I was really sleep deprived and really kind of incoherent um, but feeling these highs and lows still and I, I feel like it only half makes sense some of the time but I feel like the music like I feel like that song I was kind of feeling my way through it and then I found this chorus that felt as big as the love that I was feeling and then just words that kind of fit with it. Um, So, yeah, it's a very instinctive song, that one. Like, written when I was just knackered, but really in love. Yeah. I feel like that's kind of the point of it, though. It's like letting it be exactly that. Yeah, yeah not trying to make more sense of it than you need to because like this is this is what it was like this is what this experience was yeah and also like that's why at the end we kind of made it like it becomes really messy at the end and we added all of these weird sounds and like like fern starts playing the drums are super loud and like just going crazy but the song's like fading out at the same time and it's like i feel like it really sounds like how it feels to have all of that stuff just in your brain yeah 
kind of like what we were talking about earlier. It's just that feeling of like just the jumble in your brain, which just gets turned on to max volume when you're dealing with all of these other stuff or all this other stuff at the same time. Yeah. 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 It's like literally everything's on like hard mode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Um, well, we have two songs left and I think that with this next song we're kind of turning a little more towards a I guess a hopeful outlook I think is a good way to put it with magic like maybe looking for the light at the end of the tunnel I don't know if for you if that was more about like lockdown or about like hoping for things to get easier but there's this sense of like like again that line but we still look for magic like we're still looking for this good thing yeah that I mean, that's it, basically. It is a hopeful song. It's like looking for the looking for the things that make life feel extraordinary um, at a time when you're feeling very ordinary. Um, and also just, I don't know, like I know so many people who are really superstitious or who are really devoted to like their star signs and I feel like there's so much of that around at the moment and I think it kind of comes with living through a time when things feel more unstable like politically or socially and we're all kind of looking for stuff that can explain life <laughs> looking for things that can yeah help us understand what's going on and I think like superstition or like um yeah like reading your horoscopes and all that stuff is kind of part of that it's a comfort thing um and like I do it too I definitely you know I have like a magic eight ball and I'll ask it questions <laughs> be like is my life good you know <laughs> um but yeah it's a hopeful song and I think it's nice to put that at the end, like near the end of the album, because I don't know. I feel like there's so much about parenthood that you hear that's really bad. Um, I feel like everyone makes it sound like it's awful. Um, and I hope that I haven't done that with this album because <laughs> I did. I was trying really hard to say the good things because there's so much good stuff about it and I love it. Um, and it's the best thing that's ever happened to me becoming a parent um, but yeah it's it's just so easy to only talk about the bad stuff and to get really bogged down in it um, so yeah it's nice to put something hopeful I think at this point in the album and yeah yeah but I I appreciate that this album holds both because I think, you know, we need the honesty about it because as much as, you know, you're, you're saying a lot of people are saying that parenthood is awful, at the same time, sometimes you get the opposite where people just completely ignore or refuse to talk about the parts of it that are hard. And I can only imagine being a mother who has always heard, oh, it's so magical and oh, it's wonderful. And then going through the more traumatic or difficult parts of it and being like, is there something wrong with me? You know? <laughs> yeah. Um, but then also, you know, you're not so like hyper focused on the difficult, like we talked about, like why wide eyes and daydreaming, like those songs are so euphoric and 
there's such a love at the heart of them and and that's such a part of the experience too and so I don't know I feel like this this record holds it from a lot of different perspectives and it holds both the good and the bad and the the neutral really well oh I'm glad glad to hear that well it does well on that note we're gonna get to the last song which is satellite um there was definitely some parts of it that reminded me of my very best like that kind of hope that you're doing enough and that you're good enough as a parent I love that line I wonder which parts of me my kids are going to hate um you know like as they grow up and become their own people like you know either whether it be your flaws or just things that they see different things about it's I'm sure that's such a weird process to go to of just knowing like there's another human being that you can't control but that you love and you're also doing your best to do right by them and kind of sitting with all of that. Yeah, I think I became hyper aware of like the chain of mothers behind me and all of the women who have gone through pregnancy and morning sickness and birth and recovery so that we can all be here. And like, yeah, I wrote that song when I was newly pregnant. So it was in the first few months of pregnancy and I did feel really ill. And I was just sort of like, kind of half writing the song with my head between my legs, trying not to throw up, you know, but like, um, I don't know, I just, I felt really awful, but I also suddenly felt very appreciative of my own mother and and her mother and her mother and her mother and her, her mother for, you know, infinity behind us. And I don't know, sometimes I just think it's such a miracle that we're all here. Like, you know, like in, I don't know when, but like, you know, hundreds of years ago, women would have lots of babies and like just most of them would die. Like that would just happen, right? That would just be normal that people would have like eight kids and only two would survive. And like, we're the descendants of the ones that survived. Like the odds of us being here are just mental. <laughs> um, So yeah, I got very existential with that song and got really, really started thinking about like where, where we'd come from and all the effort that went into that. And all the women who've, yeah, given birth and done the breastfeeding and looked after us when we were there, little satellites. And then, you know, I feel like I'm starting to sound like a bit of a stoner. <laughs> no, it's, it, but it's true though. Like, like it, it's just, it just blows my mind that any of us are here at all. Um, And it makes me feel grateful to be alive. Here is Everything is available now wherever you normally get your music. This podcast is hosted, edited, and produced by myself, Sophia Lopercaro, and the artwork is by Meg Wilford. 